There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Happy 2020, everybody. It is so good to be back. We are back in action on the WIM podcast here. After taking a little bit of a hiatus, we were getting some things in order, getting some really, really cool guests scheduled, including today's, of course. Um, But with the start of a new year, we are all about new changes, goals, aspirations, and more. Um, One thing that we are changing a little bit in the podcast is that we just want to hear more from you. Um, We want you to nominate people that you would like to be on this podcast. Have someone nominate you. Um, We really want to know who you want to hear from. So we've had incredible guests thus far, such a great response. But um, who do you want to hear from? So DM us on Instagram, message us on Facebook, um, reach out and let us know who you want to hear from um, because we want those people to be on the podcast. Uh, this this podcast is really for you guys. Um, so don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. Um, go to iamwim.com slash join and that will of course take you to um, where our Instagram is. Uh, so you can apply to be in the private Facebook group. It's sort of like the place that leads you to everywhere you need to be <laughs> is the website iamwim.com dot com slash join and let's jump into this week's episode ashley eisengart is the director of celebrity and influencer marketing at group nine media the publisher of the viral video site now this the animal site the dodo the food and drink site thrillist and the recently acquired women's focused platform pop sugar before coming to group nine in 2019 Ashley was a manager in the unscripted and influencer space at a boutique agency and led influencer marketing on the East Coast for Tastemade. All right. So I am so excited to have you on this podcast episode this morning. Welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited and nervous to be here, but more excited than anything else. Then that's perfect. (laughs) You are a podcast listener. I sure am. Right? I am. Um, For funsies, what are some of your favorite podcasts that you listen to these days? Goodness. Um, Most of them are true crime. So hopefully we don't go down that road here today. Hopefully we don't. Or maybe we do. (laughs) 
true. we'll take a turn, a left turn somewhere in the middle of awesome. this. Yeah. Wim has a tangent where we talk about true crime. That would be awesome, in my opinion. I think a lot of Wim women would be into that. Right? Yeah. So true crime. True crime. And we were saying earlier, I love a scripted podcast lately. Just very mindless, but fun. Yeah. Um, Parker Posey's in an awesome one right now that I really enjoyed. And Kristen Bell has done one. So it's just been, it's been great. Now they're being turned into TV shows, so... Podcasts are everywhere. They are. Where do you find your podcasts? So I do use the podcast app just on the iPhone, and then I'll start browsing. Yeah. I'll just browse, like, listener favorites and, like, top – and I'll try anything. Yeah. And usually if you can't get me in one episode, I probably won't come back, which isn't really fair, but – No, I think it's fair. There's just so many. Yeah. You got to have that in mind. Like, if you're creating a podcast, like, just, like, the age that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's – talk about like social I like it's the same thing it's like I have an attention span of exactly. X amount like yep. you gotta hook me when you hook me or I'm just gonna move on to I'm like a three thing. minute type of per- if you if I'm not hooked in three minutes yeah, <laughs> millennials <same. We're> <laughs> millennials <laughs> we are but like that is who we are that is who we are so you know there's that um you know look we have a podcast yes. but I'm such a podcast listener too and like I just feel excited because like the start of 2020 and I feel like you know new year new Mm -hmm. decade um which is wild to even just like casually say 2020 I know it sounded weird the first few times that I said it and now it's starting to sound more natural um but I feel like it it, podcasts tiktok uh bite like all these different new like newish platforms but like not the oldies right are you on tiktok I am I I was fighting it. Yeah. I was fighting it. And then at work they were they made us come to a training for TikTok because I love you know that. you know, media dollars are going there now. Absolutely. And it's a bunch of thirty plus year olds sitting in a conference room having um, a younger person teach us about TikTok and I was like looking around laughing to myself. <laughs> like, when did we become the old timers that don't understand the new apps? And we're like, it's sound based. Like, what do you mean? We have to have our sound on? <laughs> So I fought it for a while, and then I was like, I have to just, I have to do it. And now my husband and I, we can spend an hour, an hour goes by. And we're like, what did we just watch? But we were entertained. There was something for everyone. If you don't like it, you just run to the next one. I haven't even set up an account yet, but I'm getting it all. Like, it's it's incredible. I can't believe it. So what type of TikTok content are you guys enjoying Oh, goodness. Um, Anything with like a Coca-Cola and a Mentos, which not sponsored by, but (laughs) we love the experiment ones. We love the challenge ones that are set to music. The comedy ones are wonderful. The dancing ones, and I know that's sort of how it started. Not really for me, but I'm not much of a dancer. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just small. You could be into anything. It's just so short and quick and fun and interested to see how brands will start really using it. I know some have already touched upon it. Um, but it's so authentic, TikTok, in a way that Instagram is not. Every, nothing's too polished. Um, you could just tell people are just making it, not editing it too hard. Nobody looks. Everybody looks the way we do in everyday life, and I love that about it. But how are brands going to utilize that? Yeah, I think that's like the million-dollar question. I feel like you know, in, in Wim's Facebook group, even like I, the amount of conversation around TikTok is huge Mm -hmm. the past like few weeks, couple months, like especially. Um, and I feel like exactly what you were saying, people like, what, what is this? You know, they're, they're not even really 
familiar enough with it to know what it is, what to do with it, who's on it, how it's being used, all these things, like how to even use the app. What I will say, which impressed me from the very beginning, it's really user-friendly. So user-friendly. And like shareable, mm-hmm. which is brilliant. That you could text message yeah. or, yes. Yeah. In, ma- in a way that Snapchat never was. Like I still mm-hmm. don't understand how to use Snapchat, but TikTok, I will say one piece of content that I do love that I did forget to mention, anything with a grandmother. <laughs> I can't get enough. Grandmothers are hysterical. <laughs> they they can be. Wait, can Good. you send me grandma videos? After I'm go- we There is this one. She is. She can't hear a thing. <laughs> so she's constantly. Yeah, she just one liners. They're fantastic, and I'm sure she doesn't even understand she's being filmed. Honestly. That's so adorable. It's adorable. That's, yes, I will send you when we're idea. done. There's a bunch yeah. of them now. That's, that's so hilarious. all the grandma content. I love my grandmother. <laughs> so it just like I connect to it in such a love, fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah. I, seriously, can you send that to me? I will. I will. I'm recording. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, <laughs> so I would be curious. So we just kind of jumped into chit chatting. Um, but I think everyone listening, you know, they they've probably heard a bit about Group Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, historically, you guys have been around for a while. Yes. But also, there's been you know news of acquisitions and yes. things like that. So. I would love for you to tell everybody, we heard a little bit about you in the intro to this episode, but in your own words, how did you get to where you are today? A little bit about Group 9 and um, just just a, a little bit about all the incredible things that you guys are working on. Sure. So I'm going to take you back to my childhood because okay. I feel like that's where it all started. Yes. You know, I was never I was never one of those kids that knew exactly what they wanted to do. I had friends who wanted to be teachers. They became teachers. I had friends who wanted to be lawyers, and they're now lawyers. Like, I was always so jealous of those people, and I just found myself flip-flopping. Like, I was, one of, I was good at a lot of things, but never truly excelled at any one thing. And um, I had this opportunity when I was in college. I saw this opening at the Howard Stern Show for an internship. I was in my junior year. It was a summer internship. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. My sister is a huge Howard Stern fan. Huge. Read all his books, saw the movie, listened every single day. And I just always admired her so much. So I was like, I'm going to go for this. Probably not knowing exactly what I was getting into because I was still pretty young at this time. But I go in for the interview and the woman interviewing me, Tracy Millman, amazing woman, um, she said, we have one spot left. Every other spot's been filled by somebody, a friend of the show, essentially. People who know somebody, someone's mother was a running partner of an and you know, one of those stories. But I was going to the University of Connecticut at the time, and Tracy had graduated from Eastern Connecticut, and she just saw something in me. Um, it might have been the fact that she spent a lot of years at UConn's spring weekend, the big party weekend and she just had very fond memories and she gave me a chance and that was really my first foot in the door and you know I was well, I was 19 years old and I was getting in my grandfather's Honda driving to Manhattan from Long Island at 5 30 in the morning to get in my seat by 6 a.m. so that the show could start recording and we saw a lot of things there and everyone was lovely and I know that there you know people can say what they say about the show and the people there but lovely, respectful. We had a lot of fun. We were included in a lot of things. And that's where I really got my first taste of loving entertainment and loving talent and celebrities and seeing them come in and be like regular people. And 
um, the way Howard just his interview style, it was just it was my first taste and I couldn't I couldn't get enough. And that's sort of when I realized I wanted to be in this space in some capacity, knowing that I would never be in front of a camera. Also never thought I'd be on a microphone, but here we are. So here we are. <laughs> um, so that following year, I saw an internship at Rolling Stone magazine. And it happened, had no idea going for the internship interview. And the woman interviewing me, her former husband was an engineer at the Howard Stern Show. And they had a really great relationship. And she reached out to him about me. And he said these great things. And I got it. And I was there for four years. So I stayed there through college and then through law school. I worked for the founder, Jan Wenner, there. I'm an amazing man. I could go into a whole tangent on him. Um, And that's sort of where, you know, it was part-time because I was in law school. I was juggling both, but I just loved it so much. And the people who came through there as well, it was sort of the same thing. Like Elton John was two feet from me shaking. Like it was just, I couldn't, I just wanted to keep going. Um, Elton John. Elton, I mean. No, that's In this like olive green suit with his matching glasses, he shook the hand of every single person he walked past in that office. It was amazing. Um, listen, I saw bad too, but we won't, we won't get into those, but, but the good, the good outweighed it. And I just, I kept going with it. So from there, so the whole idea was I went to law school. I was like, this will help me work with talent. I, Entourage was on at the moment. I loved Jeremy Piven playing Ari Gold, Ari Emanuel. Um, and I was like, maybe that's, that's the place for me. So through my work at Rolling Stone, they helped me get my foot in the door for an interview at WME. So I had an internship at WME. It was sort of the same thing. You know, there was the people I was interning with, amazing kids, but also like there was a son of an A-list actor there. There was the son of a very large TV producer there. So I was a, I was amongst people who they had made their way a little bit differently than me, a child of immigrants whose parents worked a few jobs growing up. You know, there was a different different level there. I had to work what I thought at least a little bit harder. Um, but I loved interning at WME and was like, I'm going to work here. Oh, and for those who might know what WME is, William Morris Endeavor. Yes. So one of the, it's maybe the largest? The, I, probably. Yeah, talent agency. Yeah, some world. might argue. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on where you work. Yeah. Um, yes, it, it's one of the bigger ones. They had merged a couple years before I got there. Um and I was in the New York office working in actually the legal the legal um, department, which is not what I wanted to do. It was just where I fit in at so the moment. So talk to us a little bit about sure. that, right? Because you just kind of casually tossed in there while I was in <laughs> law school, right? Yes. So first of all, where'd you go to school? So I went to New York Law School down in Tribeca. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, law school is sort of... You know, as I met the child of immigrants, I sort of just thought that, that I would do something that would make them really proud. Um, and, you know, for for a lot of immigrants, it's like lawyers and, and doctors, and they just want us to excel academically and have a good job. So I went to law school always thinking that at least if my career in entertainment didn't pan out, I could fall back on it, Some like something there. Mm-hmm. So I did go to law school. I finished. I passed the bar. I'm in good standing, as I like to tell everyone, though I don't practice. And I also felt as a woman in the industry, maybe it would help me get a leg up. You know, if I could walk in as a 20-something-year-old woman and say, 
I want to do this. I have a law degree. I think in this very logical way, I've proven myself in that way. Let me prove myself to you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it would help me sort of get a foot ahead, perhaps, sure, than the next person. It could. It I'm, could. I'm sure. I'm maybe, not sure. It, maybe it did. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and so if you could say one main takeaway from law school, oh, goodness. what was that? I think that it helped me think differently than I did perhaps before. Um, not always in a good way, because when something happens, I'm the first to say, oh, they're going to get sued. And that's probably a little bit of a, a downer for a lot of people to hear right away, rather than take the human approach to something. Um, but yeah, it helped me think differently. It helped me, I read a lot faster than mm-hmm. I used to, because sure. now yeah. I just, I can skim, but yet still take in information, mm-hmm. which it helps a lot when you're going through contracts. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I guess I guess that's it. It makes me feel smart when I get to say it once in a while. Not that everybody who went to law school is smart, but... <laughs> sure, but like, let's be real, you know? I mean, you touched just briefly on like, you know, as a woman saying that I've been to law school. I mean, we like, you know, I think you were sort of saying, you know, as a child of, of, of immigrants, you know, we had these you know, maybe outdated ideas that like you have to go to law mm-hmm. school, you have to be a doctor or a lawyer, but like... Let's be real, like some, you know, being able to just walk into a room and have and include in the conversation that you um, are, you are a lawyer and you went to law school, Mm -hmm. like that does change people's perceptions. Maybe it should, maybe it shouldn't, but it does, you know? And so like, let's dig into that a little bit. Like, what has that experience been like for you having, you know, maybe had these perceptions before you went to law school? having been through law school and now years removed from it when, you know, you're working in influencer marketing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but with a law degree, yes. you know, do you feel, how do you feel like that's affected you on your career path? So I think sort of going back to when we were talking about my trajectory, after I interned at WME, I did end up getting the job there after law school and I went into the mailroom which for those of you who don't know is sort of how the training program begins at WME. You start in the mailroom and you work your way up. All of the partners and the agents at WME have gone that way as well. So you sort of, there's a whole book about it, but you feel like you're in a place of greatness, although you were in a literally a basement mailroom. Like it is, it is exactly what I, I'm saying it is. It was a mailroom. And here I was at, oh goodness, I guess I was 24, 25 already. Um, delivering mail with a law degree, having passed the bar exam, and everybody else in the mailroom was just out of college. So I was already a little bit older than them. And it taught me a lot of things about myself. One, to be very humble, because on Mondays I had to go sniff milk in the refrigerators to make sure that nothing was spoiled for the agents. Easy. Uh-huh. We had to deliver their newspapers in the morning at 8 a.m. Um, if somebody if an assistant fell ill at the last minute, you just had to jump in and you were there till 8, 9, 10 p.m. some nights. There wasn't, work-life balance was really difficult and we all know the pay wasn't good. Just. I was just going to say it. I was like, and I feel like some people listening to this podcast are like, that sounds unbelievable. I lived at home. Thankfully, I had parents who let me stay at home and supported me in such a way for all the kids. And I call them kids because I feel like we just were at the time who didn't have that support. I don't know how they were surviving, but it does go back to the type of people that can do it. They they do have the parents that will support them, the parents that help them get the foot in the door. So that's how you essentially how you can because otherwise you need a second job. Sure. I mean, we or were two or three or four. Exactly. We were being paid. 
when I graduated law school, of course, I had loans, many loans, and they didn't even make me repay them the first three months because my salary was so low that I I was like considered underneath like the line. So they forgave me for like, that's how low we're talking. Yeah. I'll be specific. I don't know if you want to be, but I was being paid in like the twenties of thousands of dollars. And I started out as an assistant. I worked at a smaller talent agency. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, since it wasn't as giant, they didn't have like a mailroom. Like that's why you went to a a smaller agency so you can get more hands-on experience. So I was an assistant, like that's such a big deal or something. And I think I started out at $26,000 a year. I was at 28. Mm-hmm. Well, dang. I know. That's now what, you that's say That's what you it. get for going to law school. Did you, I, well, that was the big, so I think, I think a little shame came with it because I stopped telling people that I was a lawyer. Interesting. Especially like adults. Like when I say adults, I mean like parents, friends, in-laws, friends. Because, why? Why? Because I'm making 28000 but I have a law degree. Mm. So in their minds, I should be making six figures. Mm. But here I am delivering mail and people mm-hmm. who aren't in our industry don't understand Sure, no. That at all. No. So it. I stopped saying it. And I think even today, like you said, I brushed over the fact I went to law school. Like it's usually somebody else who says it for me because I am still in that place where there's just a little part of me is like, I'm not a lawyer. Mm. And I, but I have the bills to prove that I went, <laughs> that I went to law school. Do you regret going to law school? I don't. No. Okay. I don't. It, it did end up helping me further down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, after WME, I joined a small management boutique, and we didn't have counsel, and we weren't in a position to start hiring outside counsel. And the partner who I left with, he had been a partner at WME, to st- and he left to start this management company. He had also gone to law school and was in good standing. So between the two of us, we were doing contracts for all of our clients. Mm-hmm. You know, where it was larger or needed, we would hire counsel, of course. But for anything smaller, we were handling it. And that helped. That helped that I was able, I probably got the job because I was able to do that. And I love, I have to tell you, I love contracts. There's something so systematic about them. Like they must have this, this, and this. They shouldn't have this and this. It's like a math equation, but I was also really bad at math. And there's something that I find calming about them even today. Sure. I love that. Yeah. I can relate to that. I'm sure nobody else can. They're like, no. what are you talking about? Contracts are the worst. <laughs> but like the systematic <laughs> part of it and like, I don't know, just the the way that it, the way that you interact with it. I miss the red pen though, because now we're just like redlining on sure. Microsoft Word, but I miss sure. the just red penning the whole thing. Sure. It was, oh. <laughs> but I love, you know, I'm happy to hear that you don't regret it and that, you know, so conversely are you happy that you went you know I'm glad to hear you don't regret it but like would you recommend to others you know to take a similar path that you took no I would I would say no I would say at the time it was sort of an outdated like if you look at a lot of the older partners at these agencies most of them do have law degrees I would say it was more like 75% of them did now they don't you just don't need it anymore um I don't, I, I don't regret it, but I think it did take a few years off of time that I could have been growing in the industry. So I sort of had to do it faster later. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't recommend. But if you do do it, what I do regret not doing is doing the MBA program with mm, it. So I could have done a law degree and an MBA in four years. Mm. And I was like, no, I can't do another year. But looking back, should have just done it all. I would have loved to have gotten an MBA. I know. Like that, just like, 
you know, it's interesting. I was actually just having this conversation with someone just the other day, and I was like, you know, I wish that I had had a leg up, you know, that other people had, like, you know, kind of just like going over my past and being like, I wish I, like, things were different. And the person I was talking to was essentially saying like, but you found your way to success Mm -hmm. and happiness. And so like, why do you, why would you want it any different? Man, like just people saying things back to you. Yes. Even that alone and hearing it back. And I'm like, that's a good point, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because similarly, I mean, we just discussed, we're making 20 something thousand dollars a year. Um, you know, similarly, like people thought I was crazy. I, you know, was making so much more money in a previous life doing other things and, you know, like taking a huge pay cut to just do something that you wanted, like to, to just to like fulfill something in you professionally that you wanted to achieve. Like people thought I was crazy. And I also can relate to what you're saying too. Like, I started as an assistant, I think at 24, 25. So I felt even more like silly, you know, like why did she wait so long? Like, oh, she's like got a lot of time to make up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know. Again, like to my friend's point, we made it to where we are today. Like, you know, you're at group nine right now Mm -hmm. and, you know, you're an incredible company before. And that's your path. Totally. And so talk to us a little bit about where you are today. Yes. How that transition occurred and what you guys are working on. Yeah, sure. Um, so Jesse knows I was a talent manager in my past life and I struggled a lot on whether I wanted to keep doing it or I wanted to work with influencers and talent celebrities in another way. So I decided to make the jump from management and representation to the other side and see how they did business. So I had gone to Tastemade briefly um, on the publisher side. It was great. And I believe I've said this to you over and over again, but the amount of money that I left on the table as a representative. You know, <laughs> there was just, I should have just kept those negotiations going. Yes. Um, but it was really fun to see to see what went on behind the scenes. And I was at Tastemade, I loved it, but an opportunity rose at Group 9, and I just couldn't not take it just because of the growth that they were having um, and the brands that they work with. So I started at Group 9 last year in March, so it'll almost be a year. And it's just, their history is just amazing. The The owners are very much involved. You know, Thrillist started 14 years ago with Ben Lear, his father and his sisters of the Dodo. And when they decided to merge all these companies a few years ago now, um, just so interesting because now we have, we can touch upon food, drink, we can cover animals, we can cover the news in such a, I mean, now this is just incredible with the things that they cover and how quickly they get it and uh, the people that they have in-house that are working for them that just like love the brand. Like everyone just loves the brands. So I work on the group nine parent side. So my role is really just in branded. So I won't touch the editorial things that each one are working on. That might change now and I can get into that. But I came in to work on the branded side um, across all of these platforms. And we also have Seeker as well, which is a science-based. It used to be Discovery. Mm-hmm. It is so cool. Speaking cool. of TikTok, yeah. look at Seeker's TikTok. Oh, it's, okay. They have these short videos of like how a strawberry forms. You can't stop watching it. It's incredible. <laughs> cool. um, so that's very cool as well. So 
we came into that, there was no talent department. There was, they had had someone working on the San Francisco satellite office who was handling influencers, but there was never really a department formed. And as they grew and they created this internal creative agency called Brand Shop, they realized that there was a hole there, that they really needed to make this a process to make the offering just really fulfill brand's needs because everybody else was doing it. So it was really big shoes to fill or no shoes to fill, actually. So I came in, I was like, I'm up for it. Let's do it. Um, You know, had to create processes from the ground up, had to work with legal to figure out what the contracts would look like moving forward. On my first day, somebody came over because it was just like I hit the ground running. There was no training. There's nothing to train. So somebody came over. They had put together a pitch deck. It included talent. It was going out the door. I couldn't change anything because it was like it was due. And they showed it to me and Chrissy Teigen was on it. And I I love Chrissy Teigen, but we all know how much Chrissy Teigen costs. And I was like, well, how much is the whole thing for? And they told me and I was I was like, Chrissy, Chrissy Teigen costs more than the entire deal. I said, you can't pitch her. I said, one, they'll know right away that you're that you can't afford her. And two, what happens if they want her? Right. And then you can't get her. I was like, no, no, no. Number one, so my number one rule, and they make fun of me for it, is we don't pitch Chrissy Teigen unless we know. <laughs> we can afford. Chrissy we Teigen. have millions sure. in the bank. Yeah. Um, so they make, and then they made fun of me that I say no a lot. But they needed to learn. Like there was a lot of things I needed to say no about. But now we've gotten to a place where I can say yes mm-hmm. more and more. It took, you know, it took a lot of, it was creating a lot of decks of process, do's and don'ts exclusivity and what that should look like usage distribution um when there's an agent involved how that suddenly will increase i mean you know it i'm like probably 40 percent more than you think um so all these little tidbits that they never had to think about i now have them thinking about so that when they're in the room they're just able to give that information and sound like confident about what they're doing and what we're able to offer and if they can't then i'll come in the room with them and i'll do it so it's been really fun to just build it from the ground up at a company that is so large and so built already. Just felt like this small space that I could call my own. Mm-hmm. So it's been amazing. We've been able to work with anywhere from like, I always mention this, but we worked with Olympic fencers. Mm-hmm. So Dagmara Wozniak, who's like one of the best fencers in the world, we hired her for now this sports um, video last year. And I just like, where would I have been able to work with an Olympian? Yeah. Not to, like not so many places, but then we have like the food influencers who I've always loved and held a soft spot for and used to represent. Um, and then we get to work with celebrities. We worked with Amanda Seals this year for a Chase campaign. It was awesome. Actually made me want to like learn how to invest in a really smart way. It was done so well. We worked with Michelle Buteau. Have you ever seen her stuff? No, I don't she's know. on BT's uh, First Wives Club, and she just. She's just, she brought it on set like you couldn't believe. It was hysterical. I'm going to share the videos with you because they're so good. And it's just the array of people that we've been able to bring in has been so fun, so interesting. I'm learning something every day. And then with the acquisition of Pop Sugar, which I know is big news in the last few months, it was big news for us as well. I mean, these two huge companies, but that's one thing I was missing is a women's focused platform. Where can we get like fashion and beauty and entrepreneurs besides now this when it fit? So now that Pop Sugar's on board, I mean, we're we're together. Like it's mm-hmm. it's happening already. We're pitching together. It's just so fun because now I'm open to all these people that I couldn't work with before. And again, learning. I mean, 
fashion influencers so different from anything I'm used to. <laughs> um, but just really enjoying it. And it's going to be a really interesting year for us and for, for influencer marketing in general and media and just seeing where all these companies are going and with all the mergers, refinery and vi- like, refinery and vice, like who... Who could have seen that coming? Absolutely. I'm just so excited for you. Like, just personally, this is such a, like, professionally exciting time for you. I mean, this is huge. Because, like, to be able to have an opportunity that you earned, by the way. Thank you. Um, to be able to, like, come into this, like, well, really well-known, established mm-hmm. company. But, like you said, like, carve a space for yourself and, like, start it from scratch and, like, those are all the fun. Like, that's so fun. Oh, yeah. I The spreadsheets. I love spreadsheets. You should <laughs> – I just – I have, like, forms feeding to spreadsheets. Love, 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 love. So it was just fun to sort of make it my own. And I came in, and I've, there's a coordinator on the team. So it was her first – she was an executive assistant. And she came over. She was like, I love talent. I want to be on this team as it grows. And having her and made me realize how much I love – working with young women, young people generally, but young women specifically. And she's learned so much. And when I see her using phrases that I'm always using in an email, like nothing makes me more proud. What's a, what's a, like what, what phrase? Oh, I can't tell you my secrets. You're on the other side of the table. (laughs) Oh, come on. I thought we were close. (laughs) You know, we always do the, when somebody, negotiation tactics. And they're so silly. I have to tell you, I hate playing the game. I hate it. I just want to give you what I have and let's get to it. But there is a game to be played. Of course. Um, I feel like an Olympian fencer. Like it's just a back and forth. But it's like if somebody asks for more money, we can't we can't tell you too quickly because then you'll know we had it the whole time. Of course. So we have to go back to production mm-hmm. and ask them to, you know, <laughs> oh, of course. work with the budget. Of course. And then, you don't have authority. You just no, have to go have back to, ask to your somebody. team and, and see what's possible. And yeah, we'll get of back course. with you as soon as we are able. And the first time she did that, I was like, oh. I'm so proud. A Good. woman after the, my own heart. The game. Let's play that game. <laughs> um, it's been wonderful. And now Pop Sugar, our team, we were two. And now we are six. So, and we yeah. have two. It's just, it's great. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I'm just excited. I mean, like, and this is, we're like, what? It's it's a big, it's January of 2020. Mm-hmm. So, like, the rest of the year and the opportunity, the possibilities. Oh, yeah. I mean, with Pop Sugar, they have that huge event, Playground. Mm-hmm. It's funny because now I feel like my world has come full circle because Chrissy Teigen was at Playground last <laughs> year. And I was like, tell me everything. Um, so, it is, there is possible ways to get her yeah. and one day I will yes. but so playgrounds they're very into experiential which of course has been huge in the last couple of years and group nine hasn't played in it as much you know we had hotel thrillist and we did hundred course meal but this is a way to do it and on a scale that I have not yet seen mm-hmm. so we have playground we have the smaller fitness version called grounded which is happening in March mm-hmm. in Los Angeles so it's been really fun to see that aspect mm-hmm. um they do a lot more influencer po- I say they we are a we now we're all trying to get used to <laughs> the, the we of it collective all we. collective we but um, Pop Sugar does things in ways that Group Nine didn't. They do a lot more Instagram stories featuring talent. They do a lot more talent. Actually, you know, pay for post on their inf- on their Instagram handles and now TikTok. I'm sure. Whereas Group Nine, we always did more custom video content for our brand partners. So it's just so interesting to see now all of the things that we can offer and all the different ways you could work with talent. Um, 
they do a lot of editorial with stock, with photo images and it's just yeah this year is going to it's going to teach me a lot and we're going to be able to do a lot of fun things and work with a lot of cool brands and the, I just can't wait to see which women we're going to be working with the amount of entrepreneurs and it's just it's going to be awesome I'm talking to you is making me really excited in a way where last week I was like oh my I was telling you as we were walking in I was like Mercury must be in retrograde because everybody is insane it is not in retrograde it's next month but there is an Aquarius new moon which (laughs) explains why everyone is insane insane but just people are just insane I hope not (laughs) I mean, insane in a good, I'm insane in a good way, but, you know, I have been, we were saying before, like, it takes somebody else to tell you what you, what you have and what you've worked towards, and I think I've been so down lately on thinking about, oh my God, like, we have so much ahead of us, like, how are we going to merge? How are we going to, how are we going to fit these two things together? How am I going to work with a new team and figure out new processes after a year of trying to figure out these processes, but now talking to you about it, I am excited. Good. Like it's going to be a really fun thing to do. And what I always say is when people lose sleep over work or it's it's influencer and celebrity marketing, like what we do does matter. People do see it. It does bring people joy. It does make people think about things. But at the end of the day, we're not we're not saving lives here. Like everyone will survive. We will, if a talent has the flu, the day that everybody's flying to Los Angeles to do a shoot, which happened. I was on vacation getting calls about it. She has the flu. We're humans. You know what we do? We figure out how to fix this. We shot three days later. It's not like we will find solutions to these problems. Nothing is ever too far out of scope to come back and fix it. So that is what I remind people constantly when I see them running around the office, like chicken with their heads cut off. What are we going to do? We're going to fix it. We always fix it. Always. I love that you're a fixer. That just means you're really resourceful. And like a problem solver. I probably enjoy like solving problems. You should see me when we don't have dinner like ready. I look in the freezer. I find a bunch of things and I can create a meal. I'm chopped at home. (laughs) And my husband's like, how did you make that? I was like, I, I just, I'm resourceful. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So what are some of your professional or like personal goals for mm. 2020? That's a really good question. I meant to make a list. Uh, a coworker of mine, her and her fiance, they make a list every year of resolutions, but small ones like I want to read this many books or, you know, nothing too outlandish, very accessible. And they check it off and I meant to do it. And of course, I didn't. So let's start right now. Let's let's do it. Um, I want to read more. Not, not professional. That's just on a personal. Sure. <laughs> first. And are I'm, you wait? Are you a like paperback reader, no. or are you an audiobook listener, or are you? How do you read? I have to tell you. So one thing I, I must tell people in New York: join the library. It's incredible. They have an e. There's an ebook catalog. That's great. I tell everybody. So I read on my phone. I know most people don't, but I like the fact that I can be anywhere and access my book. But the New York Public Library, you download their app, you get yourself a library card, and they have every book that you can want. You you have to wait for some of them, but it's worth it, and it's fantastic. So I recommend it. So um, read more. I'm, I want to read more, and I want to read some like 
maybe some autobiography, like some nonfiction. Mm-hmm. I tend to read a lot of fiction, so I want to just feed my mind a little bit more mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, another personal one before we get into the professional. I want to get stronger this year. I love that. I'm really trying well, to... I love that your sweater that you're wearing right now says girl power. <laughs> it does. I put it on this morning without thinking about it. I was like, this is a perfect outfit for today. Yes, it is. Yeah, I want to get stronger mentally, physically. I've never been one to work out, but I just recently started a new gym and I did one chin up, just one. But can I tell you, I've never been able to do one before. That's huge. That's how you start. So I did one and I'm just like walking on cloud nine. I'm telling everybody. I'm like, I did a chin up. And they're like, we can do chin up. I was like, that does, I did it. It's That was my goal and I did it. Good. So Good for you. getting stronger this year. Professionally, I think I just, you know, there, like I was saying, there's a lot happening. It's just trying to figure out how we can all work together. I just want to... You know, nothing smooth, as I said, because we're working with humans. When you're working in influencer marketing, there's humans involved and humans. Things come up. People are fickle. So there's, it's never going to be a perfect system. But I want to get to a place where everything just runs really smoothly. And where if somebody does drop out at the last minute, we're ready to go on somebody else and just figure out how to work with. There's so many departments at Group 9 now. Oh, my goodness. And just figuring out how to work with everybody in a really positive way um, and being that person who doesn't have to say no as much as I used to and figure out how we say yes, but this is how we're going to do it. Um, So definitely just being continuing on being a a problem solver, somebody that people can come to in the office Mm -hmm. because they just – I want to be that person for them. Um, be it if they're in my department or not in my department. If they have a problem, I want them to be able to come to me so I can help them solve mm-hmm. it. So just growth, growth personally, growth physically, mentally, and at work. Those are great goals. Oh, my goodness. I don't, I'm not even sure I said anything. I don't. <laughs> you said a lot. I heard a lot. I heard a lot. Those are great goals, and you'll achieve all of them. Mm. 100%. Thank you so much. You will. And uh, I want you to tell me, like, as you do. I will. So I can check it on. off. Yeah. yeah, we could check it off and, uh, and celebrate them because, you know, I don't know. I feel like as women, we, we're so focused on, you know, the future and, like, even, like, asking you, like, what are your goals? What are your goals? But, like, I could also ask you similarly, like, what have you achieved in the past year <laughs> versus always just looking forward and being able to like have a recognition of like all the things that you have achieved. So what were a couple of things that you achieved last year that you're proud of and excited about? That's a really good question as well. I think, I think first and foremost, probably getting the job at group nine. That was, I mean, it feels like it's been six years. And if you ask my boss, uh, in every meeting where and he's like she's been around for a while I'm like it's been six months he's like really so really integrating myself very quickly and feeling like part of the family but I think you know what happens to me is I get in this role you know it's it's everything I wanted and I'm immediately thinking like what's next what's my next salary bump what's my next title do I need to move companies and I was finally in this year with the help of therapy mm-hmm. thank goodness for therapy I was finally just to to see where I am and be content with it and know that like I'm in the right place and I don't need to look at the next thing right away. I need to achieve what I'm trying to achieve here Mm -hmm. and in the moment. And that was a huge thing for me because my mind is always racing and my parents will be the first to tell you and anybody who knows me, like I'm always like, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I'm finally in this past year was able to just sit back 
and really enjoy where I am and breathe through it and be happy. So you said that therapy helped you get there. Yes. What else helped you get there? I think just, listen, I have a really great support system. My family, you know, I said earlier that they, you know, as immigrants in the old, very old notion of wanting doctors. They're from the Soviet Union. They came here in 1980. Yeah. My sister was born there, so I'm first generation. Mm -hmm. And, but I will tell you, they never pressured me to do any of that. They've actually just always, they've always trusted me to make my own choices and my career path never pushed me one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that's yeah. it's been great it, like in that sense so having a great support great, system great support system and then i've been so lucky and at my jobs i've had wonderful bosses in each in each career i've had mm-hmm. i've had wonderful bosses and they've always supported me in my next move and i'll say the same here at group nine truly like i enjoy coming to work there's a great team around me is everyone great probably not but you're never going to find everybody great everywhere especially in a company that size but around me in particular is just this wonderful group of people so support system first and foremost has helped me get there um, besides therapy of yeah. course yeah. yeah and just i guess now you know i'm, I'm 31 now which I never thought I'd, I'm in my mind, I'm like, I'm 24, I'm 30. And I think when I was in my 20s and people in their 30s would tell me like, your 30s are great. Like that's where you really come into yourself and like you learn more about yourself and you're more confident and and you just know what you want. And it's true. And I never believed it. And my mother said to me, youth is wasted on the young. And you know, I never said that because I was, I was I felt I was the youth, but it really is. If I had this confidence in my 20s, I can only imagine the things I could have done. But, you know, we grow and change in the way that we're supposed to. Um, so I think being being where I am age-wise has really, has really helped also. I think it's so interesting that you're saying that because, like, I'm asking the question and I'm, like, answering it in, for myself. And like, Answer it out loud. But, like, that – but that <laughs> is one of my answers 100%. So it's so interesting to hear that you relate as well. Which 100%. is that, like, just being – like, I don't know, you turn 30. Like, you have a certain, I don't know, it's not really turning 30. Um, it's like having 29 years behind you. Yes. I think that, like, just, it was the right amount of time to be able to get to a place of acceptance, a place of, like, peace, like, just a, a, a really good place. Um, and, like, Let's be real. Not all moments are great. <laughs> like, there, yeah, I'm in my 30s and still have shitty moments and feel like I'm in my 20s in bad yeah. ways too. But generally speaking, I was th- I was talking to a friend of mine like over the weekend and was like, when did I stop like being so uncomfortable about certain things and like insecure about mm-hmm. certain things and like there you know i got to be honest like there are still insecurities but 100% 100% but there are significantly less of them and it's like when i stopped giving a fuck and like when did that transition it was kind of around when i turned 30 or so same yeah and like i had similarly i had heard that from other people who were older and had turned 30 before i did and like you know you hear other people like people are probably listening to us right now like rolling their eyes yes oh <laughs> i would be rolling my eyes totally <laughs> of course but like i don't know all i could say is i had the same experience i had the same experience and i can also say that like thank god like I'm here because 
it's so much it's better on this side I agree it's better to feel this like sense of ease and like confidence and like just not being so hung up on little things things that don't matter like just being able to be on the other side of it um i also do go to therapy as well Mm -hmm. so maybe that's what it is you know had somebody you know when we were in our early 20s therapy was still sort of nobody really talked about it and i think we're so lucky we're in a time right now where we can just open like we openly talked about our salaries. Yeah. Would yeah. we have done that 10 years ago? Probably not. No. Probably not. Would we have talked about th- that we're in therapy? No. That's true. I mean, it's still like such, even my parents now when I say it, they're still like, what did we do? Like, And it's not about that. It's it's truly like, it's just the time for us to talk, care about our only ourselves, mm-hmm. which as women, I feel like we're not given that opportunity. We're always being asked to care for others. Like selfish is a dirty word. Yes. But if you really think about the actual definition of selfishness, like it's just looking out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, what is wrong with that? No, if we can't look out for ourselves first, then we 100% can't look for out for anyone else no. in our lives. No, so I just, I love this time. I love being in my 30s. I love this time for women in general. Um, we find, I just... We talk about everything. It's mm-hmm. it's fantastic. And mm-hmm. we hold each other up in a way that I just don't remember when I was in my 20s. And I think that there's something to that, though, as well, because I, I, I can relate to that. Like, I will speak personally. I've had bosses who it felt competitive or it felt like I had to, like, fight tooth and nail unnecessarily for things. And I felt gender discrepancies. And I don't as much anymore for the most part I don't like I I agree I feel similarly to what you were saying which is like I feel like we're in a different time where like women are more supportive and help each other and things like that but but still I I'm happy that I experienced the converse Mm -hmm. like I because I appreciate more of what is now and um and I feel like I work a little bit harder to hopefully like mentor younger women in my life and just be there for younger women in my life simply because I know what I don't want them to experience um, and what's still out there to this day. Let's oh, be real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We uh, haven't, it hasn't changed that much. But. <laughs> exactly. But like if we could do our little part, yes. you know, like the, the, you know, you were saying, this woman just gave me a chance. Mm-hmm. And how I'm sure you can see that where you are today is com- directly related to that woman giving you this one chance. Yes. So it makes me want to reach out to her. I'm going to after this. Good. <laughs> just good. to thank her again. Good. Yes. And it's like, you know, from her perspective, who knows? Maybe she did see it as a huge thing, but like, probably not. Mm-hmm. Like, she probably was like, yeah, like I have an opening in like Connecticut and and like, yeah, let's give her a shot. And it might've been like a a snap decision for her, but even like, even if it was a small thing to her, just knowing like how big of an impact it can have on somebody else's life, huge Huge. impact that it can have on the rest of their life. Yeah. Where would I be? Yeah. 
So I, I do always think of that as well, and I try to give people opportunities in small ways yeah. because of that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go on and on and yeah. on and <laughs> chat with you for the longest time. I feel like so many people listening are going to have more questions for you and want to get in touch, and Ashley's incredible, so you should. Um, we ask everybody on this podcast uh, the, the final question, Sure. and I'm excited to hear your answer, and the question is is what do you wish someone had told your younger self that would have given you a professional or a personal advantage today? So I've been thinking this one through and I have a couple. Yeah. One, skincare. I wish someone told me in my 20s that I should wash my face and use serums and use college, like something, because now I'm trying to catch up. I'm putting collagen in my coffee every morning, because what do they say? After 30, you stop producing it naturally. Mm-hmm. So now I just drink it. Mm-hmm. So I just wish I took better care of myself, both skincare-wise, but also, like we were saying, like having gone to th- – self-care wasn't a thing 10 yeah. years ago in this way. There were very few people – I like my sister is somebody who's always taking care of herself, and I will say at 40, she looks – fantastic Mm -hmm. because she always took care of herself i will not look like that at 40 because nobody told me right (laughs) or maybe i didn't listen which could all in our 20s we don't um so skincare get on that regimen i love (laughs) right now absolutely can you give like a shameless plug to something that you're using right now that like you love a product that you love can i tell you i don't know that these are green so i don't know if i should be endorsing them but they're cheap which i love the ordinary ordinary their oils i use like their rosehip oil and their argon oils but everything's under like eleven dollars where do you get them online sephora now carries it it's the or it's the ordinary oh yeah you'll find it so i if you're going on the cheaper side like i love those products um on the pricier side there is this pumpkin enzyme scrub that i use in the shower to exfoliate by Oh, goodness. I'll have to come back to you. But if you look up on Sephora pumpkin enzyme scrub, it's... How many are there? Yeah, there's probably <laughs> only one. It smells like pumpkin pie. It's fantastic. Ooh, yeah, so I'm, try- I'm using a vitamin C serum right now for dark spots. So we're... we're I'm covered. My poor husband. I just, there's, I'm oily all the time. So. We have the opposite problem. I My skin is so dry. But I agree with you. Like, take, just like... Skincare. skincare. I love it. Love. But also just self-care. Yes. Self-care. 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 And whatever that looks like to you. A hundred percent. Is that working? It doesn't have to be working out. Is it yoke? But take that little time for yourself because I realize I hate working out. I just, it's not, but it is an hour of time where my phone is not with me. I am just doing something for myself and I'm feeling good doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's just about getting stronger and feeling good. And so those are definitely two things. Another thing that my boss at Taste Made, this wonderful woman, I'm just going to plug her, Lily Brigger. She is, I've never met somebody who builds other women up besides you in such a way. And one thing she told me is, I've, I sort of felt like she was micromanaging in the beginning because like all, of, she wanted to see all of my emails when I first started. And I'm going to get into that next. And But it really helped because what she noticed that I was doing was using a lot of exclamation points. Mm. Because whenever I wanted to say something that maybe felt a little, you know, a little hard for a woman to say or a little too stern, I was putting three exclamation points at the end of it to sound soft. Mm -hmm. But what man has to do that? They don't. So she told me, she's like, 
you got to cut those out. She said, you're saying something, you mean it. Because if you want to use one, but there should never be more than one in, when you're trying to say something that doesn't need it. Mm-hmm. And I still today, and I've told other women that I work with, like, stop softening what you're trying to say because you feel like someone's going to think you're a bitch or you're a bu- like you're a bully. Mm-hmm. Just, so yeah, say what you say, like say what you mean, and mean. And put what you a period said, at the end of it. And put a period at the end of it, and don't be afraid of making the statement that you think you need to make. Right, and I just always thought that was so profound. Mm-hmm. In such it is, though. but it is though. <laughs> Exclamation is. And points! And I'm so glad that someone in your life like took the time out of her day to to give you that totally. feedback because of. It, because it is it's like profound feedback mm-hmm. right because of, it's it sure it's about the exclamation point in the period but it's so much more. it's so much that. more i was trying to make myself make people like me more mm-hmm. than than i needed to sure. but that takes me back i think the biggest thing that i wish i had more practice on was email etiquette mm-hmm. phone etiquette um just things to make you sound really smart put together another thing that she noticed in my emails was i i long-winded to get to a point it took me a paragraph to get to one point so she would just start showing me how you can take it down and get there in two sentences Mm -hmm. and just make it super concise and clear and that was a really big learning point for me and now I bullet in my emails because you know what people are going to read those bullets they're not going to read your paragraphs not at all so just things that we didn't really you know when we were taking like home ec classes and learning oh my goodness geometry i don't even i can't even remember what geometry is <laughs> like i wish we had been learning all these other things but internships that's where you learn it yeah. because you're not going to learn it in school unfortunately get those internships mm-hmm. and and network cuz Every, you have to, you see with my trajectory, it was all people who knew people who helped me through my good work. Exactly. But, it's not like you were like innately connected. Right. It was you connecting dots for yourself. A hundred percent. So just going to whim events and meeting people and it's really important in this industry and it, and it really helps. Networking, emails, skincare, self-care. So all the things that I wish I knew more of when I was in my 20s. Those are so good. Where can everyone find you if they want to get in touch? Sure. Uh, You can find me on LinkedIn. So Ashley Isengart. I think you'll have it spelled out so I don't have to spell it for all of you. I know it's there's Y's and Z's. So it's it's (laughs) imagine growing up with that name. But and then also on, on Instagram, if you want to see photos of my husband and I vacations and what we're cooking, please, you're more than welcome. I'm at A-E-Y-Z-E on Instagram. Perfect. And we're going to link all of that in the description of the podcast. Thank you so much for being on today. You are fantastic. Oh my God. Thank you. I want to hear all about the achievement of your 2020 goals. Thank you. I have a feeling they're going to happen way before the end of 2020. So then we're going to be having another conversation about new goals (laughs) because you've achieved all the ones that you had before. Thank you. And I will send you those grandma TikToks. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments, so comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time and thanks for tuning in.